Let eat energetic. Let eat energetic. Let eat Welcome to Drunk on Comics Podcast. No, 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 not gonna work here anymore. What are we on? Three hundred ninety-one. Yes. Yeah. Three hundred and ninety-one. I guess I won't even. Yeah, don't. I mean, come on. Redo that. What are we fucking professionals? <laughs> <laughs> nope. We, we, don't get, we don't get paid for this shit. <laughs> yes. Oh. So we had. Uh, Big long discussion of some X Men books that have come out that are just mind boggling. Seriously, pick those up before mm-hmm. listening to this episode. Yes, there's a giant hardcover coming out in December that's like ninety dollars. So you know, save up your pennies. All nine thousand of your pennies. <laughs> <laughs> Bunch uh, of news this week. Yep. News. A couple Stuff. comic book reviews that, I mean, really was all X Men, but a little bit of Star Wars and then. Some King Arthur legend. Charles, what'd you bring to the table? I was here. Mike's uh, Hard Mango. Not on time. <laughs> <laughs> and I'm drinking Mike's Hard Mango. Cold, hard, hair, hair, the, hair of the dog. <laughs> <laughs> no. No, it was good. It was good. The whole team's good back. Podcast. Yeah. It's always Finally. a good time. The boys are, but what, the, the people are back in town. <laughs> <laughs> You can say the boys. I never left. So with that, uh, enjoy Drunk on Comics Podcast episode 391. Polyanonymity. Yeah! A roller coaster of love. had well besides the oscar the grouch one which was amazing they that, had that was so funny it was great they had a whole thing that was like um bonding between father and son by using like the father-son podcasting kit <laughs> where they just had the setup in between them and in order to talk to each other they had to do a podcast nice. sort of thing but they had the sweetest setup i was like that's what we need it was like <laughs> the extension ones you know that come up in the middle and then microphones come off well that's my i already envisioned what the podcast room's gonna look like when jeremy moves out and i turn that office into a or turn that room into a podcast office it's gonna have the big table in the middle yes and then it, it's the thing it's the the mic poles come out and they go up their yes. arms and they're adjustable. Okay, so they yep. I can yeah. picture that. Yep. Yeah, we don't have that type of table or, or budget. No. And you'll have, no. A, you'll have <laughs> a desk in the corner for Charles. He'll be our producer. Producer Charles. You like that name, right? Winks to all around. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> he'll have a mini fridge with whatever drinks he chooses to keep stocked on the mini fridge. And he'll throw in wacky sound bites like. <laughs> <laughs> Last night, me and Derek talked again about his idea of... The car wash. The car wash. But yeah, he's been talking about it for forever, so I don't think it's ever going to truly happen. No. <laughs> However, I would I would like that to happen sooner or later for some other people that claim what their numbers are. What's his podcast going to be about? So, it came about from a discussion uh, of a certain podcast group that says how many listeners they have. Ah, okay. And if they had that many, they would be having people just calling them up left and right for advertisements. Oh. 
that that's not happening means there's something else going on. Mm-hmm. And what you can do is, because um, I also know some some things if certain people have done this as well, you can buy yeah, Twitter yeah. followers, aka half of them are just bots. Yep. Um, Downloads you can buy SoundCloud. It's so silly. Yes. I want fake listeners. So just for numbers. It's just well sense, because numbers like, then make you be able to say, "Hey, look at us! Come join our group." That's the same thing as saying we have this many. Yeah, we have this many instead of going to the efforts and actually making it happen. But then they, you can look, go to their Facebook page or Twitter and see, oh shit, they do have a ton of followers now. Granted, if you dig deeper, you could probably find out they're not real. But that's the day and age <coughs> of what a lot of people do. Learning that some artists going to conventions have a certain amount of like criteria on Instagram for followers. And if you don't have that, you're not getting into a convention. Well, here's an easy way. Pay 20 bucks here. Yeah. Get those numbers. Get into the convention and you make tons of money. I think it's interesting, too, because it's not a really good metric. Just by the nature of if you're somebody, let's say you're a, a actually good podcaster or producer, whatever it is. You'll get good numbers for because of the quality, because of the word of mouth. Friends will tell friends, will tell friends. That's how everything spreads. Let's say you even pay, and maybe you get one news article that says this person blew up over the weekend. Blah blah blah. This is their followers, and then you go and listen to it. And you're like, well, this is total crap. Yeah. <laughs> then you unfollow. So even with all their fake follower numbers, their content it just isn't getting out there, oh, yeah. and so people won't even know who they are. Other than, oh, that guy had a bunch of followers, but I think his stuff's well. So that trash. that kind of goes into what the idea is: is doing a podcast on car washes. Just recording in your car. Ooh, look at the squeegee things coming up. Oh, <laughs> here's the brush. Those dryers are amazing. Yeah. So stupid, but to prove that you can buy it's your numbers and short form too, it'd be about what uh, a minute, minute and a half, yeah, maybe, maybe ninety seconds. Yeah. <laughs> a thirty That's... minute review. <laughs> <laughs> Yeah, we know how to stretch out. <laughs> you ever go to the museum? <laughs> so yeah, uh, last night me and Linz, uh went and Linz hung and out I. with. Hey, don't correct my <laughs> grammar. <laughs> we hung out with uh, the Dan Doherty trio. Yep. And or as Mel and I have started calling them, Dan Doherty and his amazing friends. <laughs> that is a good title for it. Um. And also special guest, uh, Trevor Atkinson, uh, opening. It was a blast. It was fun. The thing that stunk was our f- other friends weren't there. How dare you? Many of them that were saying they were coming into town for this. People that knew months in advance to get time off and to do, you know, come this way. And they, they weren't there. So shame on you. You missed a good time. But we're also avoiding this podcast just because of that. Because <laughs> <laughs> they know they're getting shamed. So we'll have to it shame was really them good, week too. and it pisses me off because I don't know. You've met Dan, right, Charles? Yeah, mm. but you haven't met Dan yet, right, not, Anthony. No. Dan is an extremely talented artist. Dan's a great man. He is also a great writer. He can also fucking sing like yeah. crazy, and he can play the guitar like a beast. And he's not bad to look at. It's just he's not fair. <laughs> <laughs> he's just one of those people that has all these things. It's like, share the wealth, Dan. Share yeah. the talent. <laughs> so we're going to hopefully try to bring him back again, um, even though it was poorly attended, build up that fan base here, yeah. and get all other fans and friends to come check him out, because he's based out of Chicago, so this was his first out-of-Chicago gig, and mm-hmm. 
they at least had fun. I had fun. I had fun. A little too much fun. What was, was the good. crowd like? Was it a decent crowd for the showing? It or? was a small crowd. Okay. Yeah. It wasn't as packed as I think we had hoped it would be. You think be. we could pay 20 bucks and get some followers to, uh... <laughs> <laughs> just like robots on wheels just roll in and be like, yay, uh-uh. <laughs> oh. So I have uh, one quick story before we get into some reviews. Spoilers, just, it's funny. Fuck you. <laughs> <laughs> we'll let you know when to laugh. <laughs> so I was watching uh, my niece and nephews, and three-year-old Felix uh, was the only one that wanted to get away from the TV and play in the toy room. So we're in there and getting some action figures. Um, he has a Thor action figure, and I started off with Black Panther, and kind of his kids just kind of smash them together, so I'm doing that. And then he just grabs it out of my hand and whips it across the roof. I'm like... <laughs> Okay, so then ejection button. I grab the Hulk one, and he's trying to do the same thing. Well, I'm not letting go because I'm like, you know, I'm like, Hulk's the strongest. And he's like, no, Thor's the strongest. And I thought he was going to break it, so I let go, and he whips it across the room. And he goes, see, Thor's the strongest. I'm like, okay. Terrible promotion. So then I'm done. I'm done. There's a whole box of, like, these action figures there, and I'm done playing. He goes, come on, Uncle Tony. I want to play dead human still. <laughs> Dead humans. That's what he called it. All right. Whipping the toys across the room. It's called dead humans. <laughs> I don't know if that's funny as much as it is slightly disturbing, but <laughs> you'll laugh. Well, to him, you laugh at it. You're like, ha ha ha. Dead humans, good one. And then you take a note for the counselor later. Like, let them know. When Matt gets home, remind me. To tell my brother's him. raising a supervillain. <laughs> this is the. Beginning. At least he's pro Thor. That's, That's true. Yeah, yeah, yeah. He understands that Thor's a god, though. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. He's like, Thor's a god, not a human, so right. it's okay if he kills him. Exactly. <laughs> exactly. Oh. He's a puny god. Mm, that's the Hulk said, yeah. I disagree. So, Charles, uh, we'll start off with you. What Spider-Man book are you going to review this week? I definitely did not read one. Oh. <gasps> Charles letting us down. It's okay, Charles. Just kidding. We have a shit ton to go over. <laughs> yeah, we yeah, have, yeah. what, 12 books? I mean, I, I read one, but we want to unpack the whole House of X Powers of Ten series, I think. Cox and Pox. Yeah, I want to leave room for that, so. <laughs> I, well, I, did it. I read eight of 12 this morning. I had read a couple, um, but I said, just, I'm going to go through. They'll all be fresh. Read them all this morning, but. That's not what I'm reviewing. I do have other books. So. Okay. Well, if you have other books, we should... You want to do those now? Yeah, you do your other books now, because I feel like we have a lot to... <coughs> All right, well, before we get into the Hawks and Pox, uh, I did um, Once in Future 3. Picked that up this week, read that. I'm liking the story. I think it's a lot of fun. Uh, it's very mummy-esque style, where he has to kill the people to consume their flesh kind of thing, and then... Uh, in this one, he obtains not Excalibur. Uh, it was another sword in the stone. And so there's they kind of play on the uh, misinterpretation of the story. A lot of people do that Excalibur is from the Lady of the Lake. It's not the sword in the stone and blah, blah, blah. Grandma is aggressive character, uh, points a gun at his new girlfriend in order to utilize her, but it's got some fun elements of like modern world, but fantasy where the hero happens to be perfectly in location. And then the hero's assistant, his Merlin happens to be in perfect location. It's just, it's a cool book. It's fun. 
Um, no other crazy beasts yet. I'm hoping... Because it's only six, I think. Mm. So there's only three books left. So I'm hoping we'll get a lot of combat out of it. Because it was nice to see Grandma throw uh, C4 at Skeleton <laughs> King Arthur. Yeah. In the hopes of... And then the character commenting that it, it tasted funny, the smoke from it. Because she had like garlic powder and sea salt basically all the standard stuff you would fight monsters with mm-hmm. she's like we just kind of throw them all together in the hopes that one, one of them all. will kill the thing <laughs> that we blow the c4 up with but it's not a bad plan yeah so it was good we should come up with our own trademark concoction of monster fighting yeah mix sell that, that shit a, on the internet a custom drink yeah <laughs> mix it with like garlic and Oh god, it's god, yeah, so, yeah, vampire so would never want to bite me. I eat so much garlic. <laughs> yeah. Just runs in my veins. Yep. Alright, what else you got? Uh I read well, I read a little bit of Star Wars uh Allegiance. It, so this is a series that's gonna lead up to the time skip between episodes eight and nine of Star Wars. So nine coming out in December. Um this is kinda of, there's a pretty decent time skip i believe between the two because ray has gone through her a lot of her jedi training uh my guess is force luke force ghost luke is going to be responsible for that but uh i have a feeling that she'll have equal levels to kylo ren which i know is that's been a big complaint in the past with the stories is that Kylo Ren's like, this dude's been trained, he trained under Luke, mm-hmm. and then he trained under Snoke, mm-hmm. and he's the son of Leia, so he's got that Skywalker blood. Like, why is he so useless in episode four against yeah. Ray? That's a lot of comics. And yes, he did get shot by a... Uh, Bowcaster. Bo- yeah, from uh, Chewbacca, but still. So it'll at least level it out. But this is like the Resistance reinvigorating themselves because they kind of lost everything in the last movie so we'll see there's uh i don't know if it's how long the series is i'd have to look it up but they have released two so far so i'll be reading those this week nice you can uh have the honors um okay because i've really thought about this hard i mean i've been thinking about this series since it came out like Almost daily. <laughs> so, because it's so Did you good. Say weekly? No, almost daily. I've daily. been thinking about it daily. That I, much. Yeah. Yeah. I usually just think about it on Wednesdays when it came out. But. Oh, well, you, I read it and then I think about it. And then I read the next one and then I think about it. And it's just constantly <laughs> going through my head because it's such a new and interesting story that Jonathan Hickman has done with the X Men. Um,. So you finally read all of them. Yep. Tony was behind. Anthony, you read all of them. Charles is covering his ears so he can't hear the what we're going to talk about because he hasn't read all of them yet. Um, so it ended la- last week. Was that the last issue? Last yep. week? Yeah, last week was. X-Men 1. Um, the last issue to me was not even the best issue. Like It didn't end in a way that I thought it was going to be like a big, epic Mm-hmm. Ending, it kind of ended like the end of Star Wars, right? Where there was just like a party where they were partying in the woods, Ewok <laughs> style. I, mean, I did feel <laughs> exactly that. <laughs> and it kind of just ran through. I mean, it basically brought it back to Moira and her perspective of things. Um, because it ran through things that had already happened that they had told in other books, but this time it was from Moira's point of view. 
And I think the best thing that Jonathan Hickman did in this was make Moira a mutant and give her the power that she they did. Mm-hmm. And the fact that they're not going back on that makes me very excited because... You know, you can get to the end of this event and then all of a sudden it's like, just kidding, this yeah. is not a canon story. Or Yeah, they some... didn't just reset it back right. to, oh, it's her new life. And... Right. Like with the last event that we read, the... Um, the last one, one, Decimation? No, no, the one where they were in uh, X-Man's Oh, uh, yeah. Uh, Age of X Men. Yeah, and it was such a cool story. And then you get to the end of it, and it's like, oh, we're just gonna send you it's all a dream back to the where you came from, and then you're also not going to remember it, mm-hmm. which was a bummer. Mm-hmm. And that is not. I mean, we're getting a whole new reboot to the X Men, basically, without removing their past history. Like they're using that to inform the future. So they're not completely changing everything. They're just turning the X-Men into this kind of beautiful, mutant-loving cult now. I have to say, I think, was it House of X number five, I think, was a big uh, reveal of Moira's last life? Yeah, yeah. the In the year 1000? Yeah. Yeah, yeah. Like, it, all in all, just those different uh, timelines, I, I like future events... But what I don't like is that there's been so many, especially in X-Men, mm-hmm. that time travel is so finicky that you're like, well, this ain't ever going to really happen because they're not going to go towards that future. Yeah. Um, Marvel has uh, the 2099 future, which they primarily use Spider-Man from that now for now on. Um, but they had a whole thing going with that. You know, you have... All these X-Men futures, uh, Days of Futures Past is, is another right. predominant one. Yeah. The entire future that Cable came from, mm-hmm. when Bishop got sent back from. Yeah, it's like none of those are really <laughs> happening because they keep time traveling and messing up. Mm-hmm. Uh, so for me, I was looking at this one of like, this isn't going to come to pass. This seems like kind of shitty. Like yeah. the mutants are losing again. And that's what I loved is a key point that they made is they always they lose. always lose. Yeah, yeah. And that's what they're trying to prevent. And so what I really loved is that story wrapped up as that was the future splinter timeline of her last life. Mm-hmm. Now we're on this new one, so the future is still yet to be written. I'm we ho- can see it going that way, but they're going to try to prevent it. I mean, you've got the element in. Um that they're, yes, they have another chance and, you know, how many other chances have they had and this time Moira is, you know, setting Xavier and Magneto to be certain characters and then leaving them this time. She's not trying to direct them as as interactively as she was in the past and stuff. I would really hope for in this story is that, not necessarily to get away from, you know, we've talked about how the mutants are always... It's the, the X Men always get the shaft. Like that's kind of the theme of the story is that they're constantly fighting humans, and the humans are never like. It's almost unrealistic at times how awful humans are. They're just like, man, okay. I, I mean, I get it that they started out with some uh, xenophobia type stuff and blah blah blah. But I'd be curious to see uh, a little bit break away from that. They introduced a lot of new concepts and characters. They had like that whole like four page spread just to explain 
universe level consciousnesses like the dominion and mm-hmm. the titans and all that and i'm like let's use that that seems pretty cool well, that's i love that there's those pages that go more in depth of what's this world building that you couldn't get on just a single page of like art so having those little database things show up is an awesome thing that hickman does to reiterate some points and also drop some hints uh, there was a big one uh, about Bar Sinister, which I love. Sinister is one of my favorite yeah. uh, villains, where it's kind of his gossip rag uh, to all the other Sinisters because he has all those clones and everything mm-hmm. in a whole uh, city to himself. Oh my god, that whole interaction between Sinister and all the other Sinisters was just a wonderfully fun thing. Yeah, that that is. This is uh, going again. I love good, witty dialogue. Hickman is great. Brian Michael Bendis, mm, sometimes. Yeah. But this is the way to to write characters. Uh, Going fast forward in a bit, talking about dialogue in X-Men number one here, the dialogue between Logan and Vulcan, which I'm still kind of confused a bit for Vulcan being the evil brother of Scott him just being kind of jovial yeah, yeah, and yeah. really fucking around with, <laughs> with with Logan was excellent. Great, great banter that yeah. kind of broke up some of the seriousness of X-Men number one. And throughout this whole book, too, it's been pretty... I would have to say House of X and Powers of Ten, I don't think I really laughed throughout. I don't think there's any subtle jokes. No. Mm-hmm. Really serious. And I'm okay with that in some comic books, but I do like every now and then to, to remember I'm I'm reading a comic book and it should be fun. And so I like that there's a little bit more of the seriousness in those to now this is great. It's a utopia. Um, Scott's house and where they're at and everything yep. that we'll talk to about in a bit. Total contrast to the setting up of this new X-Men world. Well, I think the thing that's most important about what this event ended with, the information that it gave us, is the immortality of the mutants now. With that new... And you know what? I totally love that, dig that, and now I'm kind of like, all right, because I hate when they kill an X-Men and I know they're going to come back. Right. Or any superhero for that. Now they're just straight up, yeah, we're bringing them back every single time. (laughs) Unless... They're like they have all these rules Unless they're behind pre-cog, it too. Pretty much, right? Yeah. If they're a precog, um, if the mutant was killed, like, well, they said they wait thirty days because if they're missing and they can't right. find them, they could be alive. They're and, trying and to how, guarantee they didn't basically don't duplicate a person, right? Yeah. And then there was some other scenario. I can't remember it off the top of my head, but there was some other scenario where if they died in this certain way, they weren't going to bring them back because it would cause issues with the whole thing that they have going on. But, I mean, you know, now we have Wolverine back. He doesn't have fire claws because that was not something that was in his DNA, right? Mm-hmm. Although, I don't know how they brought Wolverine back and he still had an adamantium skeleton because <laughs> that was added to him superficially. Yeah. So now I have questions. <laughs> oh, I have? Well, but <laughs> the, okay, the biggest question that I have is this, and going back to that future uh, storyline, how did Moira live that long i i so i think and this was what my uh interpretation is from that post-human uh i guess you would say librarian i think they called him like the zookeeper basically 
uh, he was actually talking about the fact they purposely found out about her and then kept her alive. I think they oh manually humans kept her, like, knowing that if, if she, she went back, then all of this right. would just get reset and yeah. nothing would happen. Because then when they were then they were converging into the uh, yeah, yep. and he was like. Uh, we're gonna move you and let you live, though. Everyone else here is he dying, wants, but we're gonna relocate you. He wants to experience you. being part of Phalanx, yeah. and he knows that if she goes back, then if she dies, it's all yeah. over. Yeah. But he was so. saying too, once he gets to that outside quantum zone, if she dies, then it doesn't matter because they've all yep. hooked up to the He's outside of space and time, and it doesn't matter anymore. Yeah. But then Wolverine had some things. A little snick. Wolverine did what Wolverine does best, <laughs> and that's murder a redhead. Yeah, and, and I do. <laughs> I love when I see Wolverine still just living like thousands of years in the future. That's one of those things that I come to expect reading X Men books. If Wolverine isn't alive in the future, some shit really went down. Yeah. 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 Well, I like that they even they killed him. They legit killed him in the comic too, because they're like, "Hey, uh, you're at the sun, so that'll do it." <laughs> well, that whole that book when it ended, I'm like. Okay, I, I'm kind of confused on what's going on here because... Everyone's dead. Yeah, everyone's dead. <laughs> how, are, how are they going to, A, bring them back, and B... Then I started thinking, though, okay, maybe this is one of those futures or timelines, which then it came to be. Yeah. There was another stop point where they got to that, to know the plans, reset, mm-hmm. not have that knowledge. But I like, uh, as we were mentioning, of the things that can get resurrected, how... Uh, and there's still some mysteries of what's what's going on. One of them, when they had uh, fuck a uh, shapeshifter uh, chick, Mystique. Yeah, Mystique. Uh, you know her her good friend Destiny, and within I think the first or second issue, oh, it would have been I think the second oh, issue yeah, when we they find out like... Destiny's like I will kill you and and whatever. Obviously, more. Uh, opened her mind to Xavier so I don't think she has anything sinister she's hiding but they also don't want to have anyone that can see the future because those people always start messing with the time stream and they're trying to do everything as precise as possible to prevent the unwinnable future and she made a comment about that too uh, about the fact that uh, not just the precogs but just that she had opened her mind to Xavier but that she wasn't going to do it again. Specifically for the reason because she, it would give him too much detail because it was like a flood. So he got kind of like a third party experience, Mm -hmm. but if he were to get another look or look back multiple times, he would see the true details of everything. And that could change how she was manipulating. I like that. It's basically is all the more, more a show because like, yeah, you know, I have to do it this specific way, and I can't have this character influencing it because my plan is so precise. Um, I think that's a cool aspect, and uh, the f- I I wonder what they're going to do now because in this timeline she's supposedly taking a back seat to it. So is she still going to be involved? Or are they just going to say we used her for the start, and maybe she'll show up periodically? But from now on, it's well, like too because she's hiding. Because if she dies, then. She has to then kind of butterfly yeah. effect get to this point again, which yeah. she could with also all, all that knowledge. But you know, what is the upper limit of her resurrection powers? We don't know. And uh, obviously, power There's not of a time ten. Problem. She's yeah. died ten times. Was it nine or ten times? 
Or she's on her 10th life now. I think she's on her 10th life because I think <coughs> she, I, somehow she figured out she only had 10. I don't know if that's true or she was just making a guess. I don't know how she would know that. But then she also explained, though, that she's hiding because she doesn't want to die. So I'm yeah. assuming at some point they're going to have to give her legacy virus to take away her mutant power and then kill her if they don't want to have to keep resetting mm-hmm. The scenarios. I th- I mean, they've got a lot of options. Even just me, top of the head, thinking that they could use the resurrection concept to bring her back as a non-mutant. If she's just oh, I hundred percent start thinking all those rules that they said. I, rules are always put in place because you know they're going to probably be broken at some point. Yep. And I really want to see that existential crisis of two mutants that you thought was dead somewhere. So you resurrected them, and then that person coming back on shore and double Jean Grey, and you're like, yeah, uh, Phoenix Force shows up, and it makes everything really complicated. And I, that's he. I think uh, Hickman did a great job of world building, wrapping one, wrapping up, you know, uniting all those timelines into a single explanation, but then still setting it up for yeah, we can still do anything going forward, you know, and. There's just a lot of options with the cloning. And it's not a traditional cloning. No. It's like their soul, pretty much. You know, they're implying it's the exact same person. They're, it's their a backup. Yeah. Well, one of the big things with, with having everything happen before, and it's something that we explain time and again for people that don't know, the sliding scale, because Hickman was asked kind of like, so can you explain how you, you know, smashed up Genosha, House of M... Messiah Complex, Utopia, Schism, Wolverine, Civil War II, all these things somehow happened within, like, the last three years. Because, yeah, that's a lot of fucking events um, in a real-world timeline to go through. But, obviously, in our world, human world, those all those things kind of happened within the last 10 to 15 years, those yeah. storylines. Because just the way the sliding scale is, he kind of knows it. He's just kind of like... Don't worry too much about it. <laughs> Pretend those things happen, but I'm not going to explain it like that mm-hmm. ad nauseum to where it ruins the story. It becomes a wiki instead of a comic book. Mm-hmm. I think what's interesting, too, is they had just enough uh, showing other Marvel characters. They had Fantastic Four in there a little bit. They had, um, in that one panel, they had Black Wasn't Panther it? and Captain America. Isn't and it one Man. of the Reed Children a Mutant? Yeah, he's yeah. one of the Omega ones. Yeah. Yep. Yeah. Well, that's what they said. We'll come back for him at the earlier in the comic. Yeah. But and that's like the true timeline too. Is trying to figure out in this. Okay, the beginning was the true timeline, and Sabretooth killing was the true timeline. So Sabretooth is now in the exile, center of the earth. Yeah, exile yeah. forever, where he is alive and conscious, but can never move. Or, yeah. Oh, that sounds awful. He was already crazy, but now we're just going to make him super crazy. Yeah, I'm sure that's not going to come back to bite them in the ass no. ever. <laughs> <laughs> so one of the the rules that uh, they've come up with... Uh, There's three, right? The yeah. Three rules. Uh, and they are respect the sacred land, murder no man, and make more mutants. Yep. Now, out of those three things, I understand exactly what those mean, but it seemed like there's a lot of people out there that kind of got in a tizzy over one specific one, which is make more mutants. So a lot of people in the LGBTQ community were like, well, hey, not all of us are, you know, that means, you know, 
having sex with male and female, that's not us. I mean, they're mutants. That's not always how it works. Well, that's a big thing, too. And then also, some (laughs) people don't want to have kids and everything. And Hickman kind of had to explain, well, I'm looking at that as we need to have more mutants here. They've been decimated. There was a whole panel page that showed some of the big events that happened that wiped out there. Six million wiped out here, 1.1 million here, yeah. And in how... As we saw within X-Men number one, they found some more mutants, Mm -hmm. uh, kids. Uh, So obviously adoption is one way. Um, He also is the same too, like mutants kind of aren't necessarily gender, you know, one way or the other always. And it's not necessarily also, it's not all about uh, procreating in the sexual sense. There's... The pods that they yeah. can make more as well. So eggs, literal. Yeah, eggs. talk about Jonathan Hickman taking a character <laughs> and that literally had the worst stupid <laughs> mutant power on the planet. Gold balls, gold balls. Who literally that, just made these gold balls that nobody knew what they did. Yeah, they did. They just bounced off people and distracted. It was. There was a. I was reading an article about this though, and I think I can't remember what series it was from, but there's at one point in time there's this Deadpool uh, series where. He meets gold balls, and he says to him, oh, man, you're an icon in the future, or something <laughs> yeah. like that. And I was like, oh. <laughs> well, Deadpool was right. Yeah, uh, yeah I guess, yeah, because those five are kind of worshipped. He's the literal source of their master plan. Yeah, he's the know. uterus of the mutants yep. now. Producing all those eggs. Gold balls. <laughs> <laughs> like, thank Thank the Lord for gold balls. <laughs> if it wasn't for him, I wouldn't be able to resurrect Well, and that probably. whole book was crazy right after they brought all the, the mutants that had died in space back to life and then trotted them all out naked and stormed it this whole, this is Marvel Girl, also known as Jean Grey, but she is one of us and you are one of her sort of thing. And then mm-hmm. they all cheer and they did that with each one of them. And I'm like, oh no, this is, this is a cult now. <laughs> yes. This is what's happening here. What are they? Mutant. <laughs> Awkward. So I want to get into X-Men number one then as well. And the first thing I want to kind of touch upon is kind of a love triangle. Um, yeah. The best one. Looks like there's some, what, it, what do you say? Poly- polyamorous. Yeah, polyamorous. And it it comes from, and this is the thing that I knew when I read this, uh, one of the uh, Sinister Secrets, which I'm still trying to decipher some of the rest of them, but it's, he's the best there is at what he does. She's married with a kid. The husband knows exactly what's going on, but who is he to point the finger? He's up to much the same and more. Mm -hmm. Maybe this is just the new normal on the mutant island. So, we get that tidbit, and reading that, I knew exactly who they were talking about within that issue, but one of the few, uh, I don't know what you call it, information data pages. Infographics. Yes, is the layout. Of the summer's home. And it's so, like, they do it in some, like, they don't show stuff going on in the comic or even talk about it. It's literally just they show the layout of the bedrooms and they all, it's like in a circle and there's like three bedrooms over here that are three people's and then three people's over here and then over here is Wolverine's, Jean's, and Scott's bedrooms and those three are connected to each other. The other, no other bedrooms are connected to each other but these three have doors in between them so Wolverine can come into Jean's room, Cyclops can come into Jean's room. They just really like 
hanging out. Yeah, they just, I mean, you know. Well, it also kind Maybe of... Maybe they, they have to in order to talk about their secrets. Yeah. And keep it away from the kids. Maybe that's what's happening. We're, I guess we're presuming that there's some sexy shenanigans going on, but I... I mean, there they are. They say there they're probably children, is. but who They're knows? supposed to be making more mutants. What's uh, <laughs> rule number one? Make more and, mutants. And actually, that might be one of their reasonings behind it, but I almost felt like he was kind of hitting on Polaris as oh, well in the beginning. Like he was like, I have you, you, brought, yeah, you and I have your father and, and my family and it's my all kid. Yeah. Which also I was like, kid, okay. how? And then I forget <laughs> there's kid cable yeah, skinny, now. Skinny baby cable. He hasn't grown into his pouches yet, it's or so his guns. Fucking weird looking. It yes, that is a little weird. Yeah. Uh, I want to say too, the ending of the book when Scott is looking at Jean, but then Emma Frost is giving him a look like, okay, this is even more. Yeah, yeah, yeah. This is it's literally <laughs> going to be a love cult at this point. Is what it's. Oh like. yeah, yeah. It, it all. It, that's even more of what makes it a cult. Up. Oh, that's not good. I know it's gonna be, and you know that's what's that's how the world's gonna view it, is that they're culting up hard, but uh, you know we'll see what happens. I think it'll be. It's just such a new. I hope it's ignored and awkward, and the community likes to talk about it, and the writers are just like, uh, we just don't really. Want it's to well, it you know <laughs> the X Men have always been like. There's always been this battle between the people like Magneto who are like we're gods who he's clearly gone full back to that the we're gods humans are a pestilence on this world sort of thing and like even the people there are worshipping him like he's fucking the best thing ever created and uh but there's always been that battle between his side and Xavier's side right where he's like well mutants are just I mean we it's our job to protect humans because they're we're all equal sort of thing and it's interesting to see the well no we're we're definitely all better than them and we're gonna we're gonna keep it that way mm -hmm. sort of, I mean sort of Magneto like always the, was the kind of a dick but now Xavier's yeah yeah it's like the X-Men like they're it's just they're they're not seeing it up a little bit <laughs> it's like this is their final solution right it's I mean kind of that's kind of like eugenics. what it's at it's literal eugenics. it is it is so with that, I mean, that whole idea is a little weird to think about, but uh, yeah, good. It's good. And then, so X-Men number one, this isn't written by Hickman. He is actually only on New Mutants, I think. Oh, yeah, but new, he's oh the, he did do X-Men number one. I was going to say, he's the architect on all these. Yeah, he's the world builder. Yeah. So, but it will be interesting to see how these other ones diverge. Like, if the, the style comes out and it, it makes it different, you know, with him not being, like, the full-on writer for him. Mm -hmm. uh, I'm excited to see what happens. And if you guys bought your X-Men number one from my comic book store this week, you got these fun little 90s-style X-Men trading cards. With, with a decoder ring. Yes, the Krakoan <laughs> language decoder, which is pretty great. So, I you know, I mean... Do I need more useless stuff that is just going to sit on a desk at my house? No. But do I love it? Yes, I do. And it looks like... <laughs> <laughs> so close. Also, the cover that I got of this one this the variant, week. Oh, uh, the Archer and Jean Grey cover. Yeah. So pretty, you guys. This is going in a frame. It's uh, the perfect saturation. House. That's the one thing I've liked about the art in the series is the, the Krakoa is like 
the sat the just saturated reds and yellows like yeah. permanently fall there. Mm-hmm. I'm like, this mm-hmm. is my kind of place. Yep, for sure. Except well, for Scott's house, which is in space. Right. Yeah. Before moving on, I do want to uh, throw out two things. One, who do you guys think is the secret twelfth uh, person on the council? Oh, it's Rogue. Oh, wow, you said that definitive. Do you know that? Or are you just guessing I'm, that very... She's been thinking about it. <laughs> <laughs> I read somewhere that they had already announced that it's Rogue. Oh, did it? Okay. Yeah. Interesting, it but is. okay. Yeah, I don't... I mean, it could, that could be completely untrue, and the article I read could be complete bullshit, but it seemed pretty confident. <laughs> I, I like that he has some villains as well yeah. as... And really how they entice some of these villains to pretty much... Hey know your role, yeah. do good thing, that they made the example out of Sabretooth, yep. which that's even worse than death, it like, is. I think. It is worse than death. <laughs> it's uh, a whole new, brand new world that... Uh, um, What do you think uh, Apocalypse seems to be not entirely on board with this whole thing? Like the when they show Magneto and Xavier standing over everyone's down partying Ewok mm-hmm. style and they're standing up there having their little conversation and Apocalypse is standing behind them like watching them in a creeper sort of way and in my head the entire time I'm like oh he's up to something so he might ruin the whole thing Apocalypse style so one of the things that I've uh, always loved is the phalanx it's one of the I feel greatest uh, X-Men bad guys type thing ever especially because from that you get the uh technarchy which is who warlock is uh, that has bonded with uh dave ramsey who's then or doug ramsey sorry that is cypher dave ramsey is the (laughs) money guy (laughs) (laughs) and who is also they're kind of on the council but they're kind of the interpreter with krokoa right so they're there did you guys notice in one of the issues when he's walking through the forest, his techno-organic hand touched some leaves and they kind of started glowing? Yeah, yeah, yeah. His, well, that's from that point on, his right arm has... Oh, yeah, that's yeah, that's the, the failing type thing. Yeah. But what I didn't necessarily... I felt it was foreboding was him touching other organic that is then turning techno-organic. Mm. And I'm wondering if there's something... Spread the virus. Well, that was one thing that was interesting that That's they, they mentioned about um, Forge. <laughs> and that Forge, too, was starting... His mutant power was moving him away from technology to organic-based uh, machinery. And that I think it's going to be interesting because this whole Krakoa thing is that Krakoa is make is a sentient land mm-hmm. that's making stuff for the mutants, and they're going away from all this technology. So you're gonna have humans with robots versus mutants with organic, you know, technology. It should be pretty. Well, speaking of the organic technology, I am in thoroughly enjoying it. The small scene of Scott uh, doing the dishes with his dad. Oh, and the goo. and explaining how. Oh, yeah. It's not washing and drying. It's you basically spit a, a gecko yeah. at yeah. your plates, and it just kind of dissolves. <laughs> and he's like, well, Krakoa wanted to make us the plates to eat <laughs> off of, but that got real messy, so yeah. this was our compromise. <laughs> Let me just eat all the food off this plate, and then eat the plate. <laughs> Yum. So, yeah, I'm interested in some more of those just 
it's one of those things like why I love watching the Flintstones when they have mm. some modern technology of how they have some sort of dinosaur in it. How they're going to do some plant <laughs> oh matter. Oh my gosh. See, if this were, if the X-Men were a TV series, they would have that one off episode where, you know, it has nothing to do with the storyline and it's just fun and they would just make all of the X-Men Flintstone characters and run oh. it through a day in the life of... <laughs> that would be awesome. I, I could totally see what you're saying there. So, uh, I was looking real quick on the Red Queen stuff, and there's a lot of uh, confirmation that it's going to be Kitty Pride as the Red Queen. And they mentioned Marauders number three okay, has, right. her, Not Rogue. has her. Not Rogue. Has her. Oh, what? <laughs> you were so confidently <laughs> wrong. I know. <laughs> Marauders number three has her new look. It's kind of this red, like, classic pirate jacket type look going on um and i think they said it, there was it's like got a she's got a red dragon that she kind of has on her shoulder now too um which looks pretty interesting so uh that's it looks like very highly likely that our 12th council Kitty person Pride. will be the leader of the marauders and they implied that since she as being the leader of the marauders that's kind of the third branch of the hellfire club anyways you have the white you know, White Queen, Black King, and then <coughs> now this Red King is going to be a Red Queen. I don't know what they'll call it, but there's a... cool, cool. Um, if you guys want to earn a thousand dollars, you could sign up and potentially uh, have a free Disney Plus account, and they'll pay a thousand dollars to you have to watch thirty days and thirty or thirty movies in thirty days. Yeah. Though I could, I could watch that, that in like <laughs> a week. <laughs> Have time well, left over. I didn't look into the details. Do you have to... Spe is it just within 30 days? Or is it you have to watch a movie every day for 30 days? I think it's... Well, you have to then do a... Write a review, a review of it and oh, post okay, it okay. as well. So I'm assuming it's one per day. Also, basically, they're padding their... Uh, re they're initializing their review database. Mm -hmm. well, and, stuff. Okay. and I think, though, because it's kind of a contest, so I'm assuming you fill out the form... They're going to pick a couple people to do this, so not everyone mm -hmm. that wants to do it is just going to automatically get to, but I'm definitely signing up just in the off chance that uh, what I do is I can't wait for. to read your the best reviews. at what I do. Yeah, that part I'm not really good at, but watching movies. <laughs> Movie good, Tony really. Wright, five stars. I was <laughs> <laughs> like, ooh, let's pay this guy $1,000. <laughs> He's got everything misspelled. Um, <laughs> do you guys see the new, the leaked uh, picture of the new Sonic the Hedgehog look? Not, like, not the horrendous one? Uh, yeah, they've updated it to, this is believed to be the new Sonic the Hedgehog. So much better! It looks way, way better. better. They've got the, uh, they took away the human eyes and... The teeth uh, was the weird And the part. teeth. Uh, and we haven't seen a smile. Human so teeth and the hedgehog. We don't know if there's going to be fangs or if it's still going to be human mouth and, you know, the stuff of our nightmares. But uh, the the body proportion, way better. He doesn't have, like, you know, a two-foot body and then two feet of legs that are just super skinny and look weird. It, it actually looks a little bit more proportional. So hopefully that... Uh, Oh, there go the Halloween costumes. Yeah. Shit. <laughs> Don't worry, you can still be bad Sonic for Halloween. <laughs> People will know. People will know. Yeah. And not sleep. The scariest thing was Hall Halloween. <laughs> yeah. Uh, teaser trailer for 
the, the truth trailer, trailer for Star Wars. This is so dumb. It'll be the final trailer. I forget. I think they said it was coming out this week. The actual. I think it's supposed to be like Monday during whatever. Oh, it was the football game. Football game is yeah. yeah, yeah. yeah. So supposedly in the past they release it during Monday Night Football, the last trailer, and then they release the pre-sale tickets immediately after the trailer drops. So everyone, get ready, yeah. get your tickets. If you care about seeing it right away. If not, don't worry about it. <laughs> I'm on the fence on that one. Yeah. I mean, I I didn't leave The Last Jedi, like, spoiled on the series like a lot of people did. Right. But I watched it maybe a couple weeks ago, and I was like, this movie's just not grabbing my attention. Like, when I would, if, even with the nostalgia aspect aside, if I were to throw on uh, Empire Strikes Back or Return of the Jedi, uh, I would end up not doing whatever other task I was doing very I would do it poorly because I would keep looking back to watch the movie this movie I just found myself not gripped by what was happening yeah. and I think that was the thing so hopefully they can fix it hopefully the time skip will let them ignore stuff right that's happening be like oh don't worry the time skip explained it and uh, the comics just, just go read the comics and no one will read the comics and then you know the standard movie goer will be like oh yeah I loved it it was a lot better and they have a lot to wrap up, though. Nine movies yeah, of Saga. Of Skywalker's screw-ups that the universe has to deal with. All wrapped up in one movie. Yep. So there's been uh, talk going around that Warner Brothers gave a really low budget for the Joker at first because they kind of wanted it just dead. Like, that not is. to really come about. Boy, were they wrong. <laughs> uh, Joker now has uh, surpassed domestically Logan. As uh, Logan had two hundred twenty-six million domestically, Joker now has two hundred forty-eight million and still rising. Uh, it has already surpassed uh, globally uh, Justice League, Man of Steel, a uh, bunch of other. I know they're I mean, saying two seventy, two hundred seventy million is the yeah. expected uh, haul for box office that's going to bring in. Yeah, Jared Leto's pissed off. Yeah, I'm seeing a lot of <laughs> a lot of articles about. Jared Leto going around crying to He's people. He's being such a baby. That's After, hilarious. This is the thing I didn't know. is I didn't realize what an ass he was on set. Yeah, because he's right. He's a method actor. Yeah. So because he was being the Joker, he had to be an asshole to everyone on and set. Send people fucking dead, dead pigs. pigs and live rats and shit like that. It's like, all right, Joaquin Phoenix is also a method actor, but he didn't send people dead things. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Playing the same exact character a more disturbed version of that character, mm. mind you. So I think Jared Leto is just a dick. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I mean, <laughs> and he's <laughs> what now that I think it's just they now that we have the Joker movie and it's been a success. People are comfortable with being like, oh, phew, we don't have to go back to Jared Leto. Right. We just, you know, terrible. we'll make Joaquin Phoenix the next one, or we'll you he know just put so much time and effort into making that character that was on screen for, for the it. five minutes that it was <laughs> in that movie. Yes, with the teeth and the bloodshot eye, and I'm like, that sounds like makeup to me. Yeah. I don't know. And the strip club. <laughs> <laughs> just sounds like a meth head's weekend to me. But uh, the Joker movie is also the Bronx now is getting. Tourist traffic on those stairs. Oh from the yeah. Joker. So yep. if you search Instagram, hashtag Joker stairs. Just a shit ton of white people oh, walking yeah. up and down those stairs, taking their pictures in the in the uh, pose 
Thank Court you, New York downstairs. has so many of these spots. There's that one where it's like the the global clock or whatever it is, where the or the, the sun perfectly sets mm. on that one street, and it's only a, like one day, and for like an hour, can you take that photo? And so it, nobody can drive on that street because that's just a street. People just walk out to the center of the street. And right. Like, my iPhone. I need to take a picture of this with my iPhone. You know, someone yeah. stand in front of it, and yeah. So the people who live in the Bronx are equally annoyed and excited by it because the Bronx doesn't get a lot of tourist traffic because it's arguably one of the least safe places in New York City. So they're excited that maybe it'll bring some cash into the neighborhood, but they're That's also exactly like, fuck these people because <laughs> they're, you know, interrupting their daily shit. But you can't have both. You can't have it both ways. Money is... Is always helpful. You can't go around interrupting other people's daily shit and then have somebody interrupt your daily shit and get mad about it. Right. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> right. So, <laughs> enjoy. Yep, 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 yep. Um, your favorite writer, Tony, Brian Michael Bendis, has announced that he's pulling a daredevil with Superman. Superman's coming out saying that he's Superman. Clark Kent is Superman. This is the way it's going to be now. This is my... I'm going to be my best self and not hide behind this bumbling journalist who's not a real person. It's me. I'm Superman. It'll be interesting for the, what, eight months that it happens until it gets retconned, but... Daredevil was outed for, like, 15 years before they decided to retcon that back, so... What? That they knew who he was? Yeah, when he outed himself... Or when he got outed, it was it was out for a while before they. I don't feel it was that long, but. It was a while. It was a while. Um, <laughs> it'll be interesting to see what the okay effects. rogue. <laughs> it was a while, uh, but it'll be interesting to see because of the stuff I've read. They're like, oh, villains are gonna switch sides now because of the hope that Superman is gonna give them. I'm like, I don't. Yeah, I don't know if that necessarily would just make someone think. Yeah. Oh, he was that reporter guy that yeah. was investigating. I'm us a hero and... now. <laughs> Surprise! <laughs> the fact that he's t- finally telling us the truth makes me want to be a hero now. Uh, so that'll that'll be interesting. I don't like why why tell us ahead of time though. Like that would have been a fun thing to read and not know that it was happening. Mm-hmm. You know. Like, just one of those things where they don't tell you, you pick up the book, it's a fun little surprise, and then all of a sudden your book is worth $100 because it sold out because nobody knew it was coming and they didn't print enough copies sort of thing. But, no, they always got to let it know ahead of time. But he also made a snide little remark when they were like, well, you say that this is going to happen, but is it really going to happen? He's like, yeah, I don't play that game with the readers. I was like, oh, he's going after Batman in that stupid wedding. (laughs) 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 Announce it six months in advance and then actually not do anything about it. Ah, fun. Do you guys ever feel like actual uh, petitions do a world of difference? No. No. Like, I feel like there's been a couple TV shows that have gotten, like, a proper last episode. Um, But other than that, really... No, and uh, rarely, like rarely. I love petition.org because it's like it has more data on it that's useless. I mean, just no one ever does anything with the petitions on there. So there's 80,000 people right now that have signed the petition to get Alita Battle Angel 2 made. Have you guys seen that movie? Yeah, 
I didn't hate it. I didn't hate it I either. I didn't know it had the staying power to uh, impact enough people to... I, that, that's what I'm saying. I Obviously, they set it up to have a sequel. I wouldn't mind seeing where they decide to go with it uh, because it didn't necessarily follow um, everything that happened within the original manga. But, yeah, I kind of surprised that this is a a thing going on now. I mean... Do you think it'll have any... I mean, 80,000 is not nearly enough. No. I mean, their goal is 150,000. I don't know if that would be nearly enough. Well, I mean, it, I know the, the one to change the shitty uh, last season had like 4 billion people sign yeah, it. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> <laughs> I mean, oh. that's the thing is that you look... Uh, you're like, okay, look, so let's say 10% of the people who sign this, because it's so easy to sign these petitions, 10% go and see it. Uh, if you have 80,000, 10% is not going to get, you know, 8,000 people is not going to get a movie back in the, the theaters. The concept of 8,000 people paying isn't going to cover the how many millions of dollars does it take to make in a Alita movie. That's right. a lot of digital effects. So so they've wrapped uh, production on Ghostbusters 2020. Yep. Can't wait for that. Uh, I saw an interview with, uh, or an article about an interview with Paul Rudd and he basically is like, yeah, I'm not telling anything. The guy is like an expert. At, he's like one of the best people Marvel could have hired to be a superhero who wouldn't spoil any of his movies. Like, the guy just shows up and just says nothing. Yeah. But and, does so adorably. Yeah, yeah, yeah. And then <laughs> plays that clip from whatever that film is with the, the child in the wheelchair rolling down the hill. and Oh, the one he keeps getting... Uh, right, on the uh, Mac and Me. Yeah. Mac and Me, that's it, yeah. <laughs> so, have you ever watched the, the YouTube channel Hot Ones? Yeah. Fucking Sean is the best interview I've ever seen, oh, yeah. and Paul Rudd was just on there last week. Hands down, one of the, one of the best episodes yeah. of it. Because even though he's not eating wings because he's trying to be healthy, uh, he's eating deep-fried cauliflower. cauliflower or something, yeah. he... <clears throat> Did it like a champ. Didn't drink, didn't any, drink milk any milk or yeah. water. No. Uh, even concocted his own he, thing at the end. And what he said was, he wants to just have fun and doesn't always want to be promoting everything. Yeah. And that's what I... That being said, he did have a show on Netflix just dropped, which he was promoting. Well, which and, I watched, and it was really fucking good. Uh, the Living with living Yourself. With yourself yeah. yeah, it was good. What's interesting is that Sean mentioned, you're doing this, this, and this at the beginning... And then at the end, he was like, so, you know, the t typical this yeah. camera, this camera, this camera thing. And Paul Rudd's like, no, I'm just I'm just here to have fun. You're, and Sean's just like, what? <laughs> yeah. He did, but the concoction was nice. He did, uh... All that the... is, it's hard to be unique on that show. Because yeah. he's still like 180-something yeah. uh, episodes they've had. And so, to do, you know, you can't be the first guy to eat them all without milk. You can't be the first guy to... Uh, make the last dab super heavy, you know. So he just literally mixed every hot sauce into a puddle on his board and then dipped it, <laughs> and that sounds terrifying. I want to try some of those sauces, but only if I was forced to, like in an interview style. I don't necessarily know. Just do it. Just then. do da bomb. Let's do it. I mean, that's the one that gets everybody's da bomb because it's like pure acid. It has no flavor. It just hurts people. That's what I don't like. I don't <laughs> want that. Does still have their hot sauce that you have to request? No, they used to they used to 
come out with all their little hot sauces, yes. right? And then there was this one in a little bottle with a dropper that they wouldn't bring to you unless you requested it. Do they still do that? I guess not, because I haven't heard anything about something <laughs> like that. But you know what? It's coming back. <laughs> get on it, Charles. It was hot. It was uh, very, very spicy. Well, it's like you can get um, the... What is it? The extract from the seeds that they mm. sell, like in an eyedropper bottle. Because if you want just pure, oh, capsaicin. Yeah. If you want pure capsaicin, uh, but you get an eyedropper and like a big pot of chili, you put one or two Ugh. drops and it'll just Whew. burn everybody who eats it. But. Yeah. Sounds like a good way to like just screw some people over. Oh yeah. Not 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 something to do to people that you love. <laughs> <laughs> um, I forgot to mention it while you were talking about Disney Plus, but uh, some classic comic TV series are going to be on Disney Plus, including 1990s X Men, which yes. I'm super excited to watch. Oh, I don't think we can't sing that song anymore. It's under nope. it's under litigation. Do 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 We'll just do it badly. Incredible Hulk from the 90s will be on there as well. Spider Man from the 90s. Um, and then they've got uh, Avengers, Earth's Mightiest Heroes, which was from like 2010. So it's kind of that midway period where they couldn't decide if they wanted to do hand-drawn or digital as that transition kind of happened. Um, and then Wolverine and the X-Men from 2009 is also going to be there. So the new generation of children with all, all the parents <laughs> buying the Disney Plus subscriptions will be able to uh, vicariously relive their childhood through their children. While watching it. Amazing. And if it happens the way it's supposed to, the kids won't be interested in it, and the parents will just end up watching it all by hmm. themselves. Yep. <laughs> They're like, well, fine, you don't get TV time, because I'm watching this. Exactly. <laughs> yes. Yes, yes, yes. Remember that uh, that theme song from X-Men, right? The um, yeah. we talked about was a ripoff. Yeah. Of the show, which clearly, clearly was a ripoff. <clears throat> did we ever find out who, uh, who composed it? No. no. Who actually did it? Uh-uh. Okay, I was uh, listening to like Jimmy Kimmel or something like that, and I think they were talking about some guy from Aerosmith. Really? The one that supposedly wrote it, but I can't seem to You're find... You're talking about the electric guitar classic yes, version? Yes, yes. Mm-hmm. Huh. Mm. That's interesting. So, I mean, they should be suing him and not Marvel then, Yeah, right? but yeah. I mean, um, <laughs> somebody mentioned that it was... Uh, you know, the, the guitarist or somebody from Aerosmith. and Yeah, uh, Joe Is Perry it? wrote and performed the... The theme song for it, opening soundtrack. Interesting, Joe Perry. Oh. Right on. What else uh, you got, Tony? Um, that's about it for me. Bone, Bone. Have you guys read Bone, the comic? Mm-mm. Anybody? Tony, I've seen a Bone before. Bone? Yes. <laughs> did you ever read Bone? I've read a couple, but I'm not it's, too familiar with it. Coming to Netflix as a animated series, which is very exciting. Bone has been around since 1991. It's just this cute little. Oh, I actually have seen this. Before. Yeah, it's a character I haven't uh, read in the comics. Yes, it's. I mean, they're they're fun, all ages friendly books about the Bone cousins who go on these fun little adventures. Like they're just good little reads. They don't come out often, but when they do come out, they're really good. Uh, the guy who wrote them has won countless Eisner Awards. So I'm excited about that. I, it's been since the 90s people have been talking about doing this as a show. Mm. So I think it'll just be fun and cute. Um, Cowboy Bebop that I think we're all excited to see. When Live action? Yeah. With, uh, well, I've never even 
John John Cho was 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 cast oh. as the main character. Well, he got injured on the set. Oh, <laughs> how week. badly? Uh, production has been set, shut down for seven to nine months. What? Yeah. So we're gonna get a delay on that one while he recovers. Can you just have a stand in and read it and while he like read his reads his lines yeah. and have or just shoot over? him from like the chest up like. Yeah, yeah, these I mean, days you could do anything. He got a knee injury. above his, like, hospital bed. Yeah. <laughs> oh, I don't know about this. <laughs> <laughs> so apparently it was a freak accident that happened on the last take of a routine that was well rehearsed, and it requires surgery to fix. Whoa. So. Oh. Well, well rehearsed surgery. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> um, booze news. Sam Adams is coming out with a, an extreme beer. Um... That contains ninja yeast. I don't know what that means, but it's <laughs> it's so, okay. So most beers are what like ten percent or less. This is twenty eight percent. Wow. Naturally occurring, so they didn't add anything to it to make it a high alcohol proof. It's going to be naturally twenty eight percent alcohol. It's uh, part of their Utopia line. It's two hundred and ten dollars a bottle. For this beer, and it's illegal. Yeah, I'm looking at it in, in some states. of the states. Yeah, uh, it's illegal in Alabama, Arkansas, Georgia, Idaho, Missouri, Mississippi, Montana, New Hampshire, North Carolina, Oklahoma, Oregon, South Carolina, Utah, Vermont, and West Virginia. So we can okay, get it we're here. Get some. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> <laughs> the bottles are really fucking cool looking. I don't know that I would ever pay two hundred ten dollars for Sam Adams beer. A twenty-four. But if somebody had some, ounce. I would try it. Uh-huh. That is not. I large. really want to would you try pay, it though. Would you pay uh, like the sectional amount, like if you for like a little glass of it? Would you pay that amount? Would that be twenty five bucks for a small little eight ounce? Look like a shot of it. Yeah. Yeah. It's probably like a, for a sipper. Would you pay the amount of money? Because that's what cost? two ounces a typical sip pour. You know, like a sample pour or something like that. You get like a two ounce pour of that. So you're looking at uh, come on, math guy. Ten bucks. There you go. Yeah. Ten bucks. Ten bucks for a ten bucks to try it for a two ounce. Okay. Yeah. So we just need 12, to get right? twenty one. I mean, if I'm gonna buy it, <laughs> right. I'm gonna make some money out of it. Yeah, Listen, yeah. if we're talking yeah. bar terms, uh, typically <laughs> I pay fifteen. Typically, bottles you pay with the first. That'd be as high as I'd go though. Yep. So you usually pay. It's usually like two to three pours of a bottle pays for the bottle at a bar. So we're looking at like sixty bucks a pour on these bad. For boys. a full size pour, or for a two ounce pour. Uh. I don't know, but do we classify this as liquor at this point? Is this uh, alcohol I mean, content? Or? Well, I mean, if it's a beer and we're looking at it as you could buy the bottle for 210 I'm assuming they already get it at a cheaper price because that's resale. So if it's like going to the bar down the road, they probably will... Yeah, they wouldn't do it individually. You'd have to get enough people to go in to buy the whole bottle because they can't recork a You're basically... Beer. You have two two pints in one of these bottles. So you're paying $105 per pint. That's a standard pour. So, uh, $50 for half a pint. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> and that's Man. to break even and no bar. I mean, maybe some of these big bars will buy it, but you're... and will, will a 28% beer taste good? I mean, Tune in next You start week. getting into <laughs> those 10 and 12 percents, the, the alcohol is just, it almost is too powerful for the flavor of the beer. Tony, put up a GoFundMe. We'll put it on the webpage. And people <laughs> yeah. can uh, 
pay us and we will go out and buy one. I want that bottle, though. We'll try it on stream. It is a cool bottle, isn't it? Is that a hologram on the side? <laughs> we could try it Future. as we podcast, and at 25%, I mean, we it's a, if we do an hour podcast, we start right away. We'll be pretty toasty by the end of yeah. the podcast. So. Yeah. Mm-hmm. yeah I'm thinking Sunday's off, so we could just all day. <laughs> <laughs> Speaking of uh, high co- content, uh, booze in a book this week. I'm going to be pairing Doom, Dr. Doom number one. That actually uh-huh. came out last week, but fucking love Doom. Uh, with probably the most fitting beer ever from Founders, Doom. Oh. Which is the 12.4% uh, alcohol. Uh, pretty much their their um, little review of it is, Doom may be impending, but that doesn't mean you have to fear it. A collision of worlds, the intense hop character of our Imperial IPA mingles with the warm vanilla and oak notes imparted from time spent in our favorite bourbon barrels. I like how he's doing like Like all good things, Doom comes to those who wait. <laughs> mm-hmm. And Doom's actually pretty uh, good, but it because it's high potency, you don't want to drink that Get many. a double pour. <laughs> <laughs> uh-huh, uh-huh, uh-huh. I'll take two, sir. Uh. That's the limit. Uh. <laughs> so with that, uh, Lynn, you got uh, Jay and Silent Bob to look forward to this week? Oh my week? god, I do. You guys. Was it Wednesday? Yes. So every every year since 2014, I've seen Kevin Smith live. I didn't think it was going to happen this year because of the new movie, but he's touring the new movie, so yep. I get to go look at his face in real life. Yep, I do too. One too. of my friends called me up and said, I got a free ticket. You want to go? Nice. I'm like, yeah? Yeah. No, I don't like fun things. That's the one thing. I, well, I love that my friends know that I love nerdy things. Yeah. So if they have anything extra, I'm their number one go-to person. Yeah, it'll be good. I'm excited to see the movie. The people that have seen it already have said it's very good. So You haven't seen it yet? No, because I, I paid quite a bit of money to go see this. So why would I pay more money to go see it not live? <laughs> Yeah, true. I mean, just to go into it to yeah. kind of... No, I want to I sure watch it there with Kevin Smith. I mean, right? That's the way to do it. And you guys will start a relationship afterwards, right? I hope so. <laughs> I hope so. He's my pass. Yes. Based on mutual interests. Him. Yes. yes. You we like bo- you, right? We both yeah. really like love Kevin too. Smith. <laughs> well, with that, stay thirsty for Lindsay's delusions. It's not delusions. It's just not reality. Yeah.